the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. We invite you to join us in worship this Sunday at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service. For more information, visit our website at LargoCC.org. If I wake up in the morning and I go out to face the day, and I have a diminutive God, a little God with me, I will live differently that day. I'll live with fear. I'll just wonder, and when I'm going to work, what's this day going to be like? You know, am I going to make it home okay in the evening? Am my children going to make it back all right? I'm just, just so concerned and, and so worried. Anxiety, I just feel unsafe. I just feel like everything depends upon me. I'm not talking to anybody here today, yeah? You just feel that everything depends upon you, and you're about to break under it. You're a Christian, but you've got a little tiny God. You're God. You're not letting him do what he's supposed to do, what he wants to do, to be as big as he wants to be in your life. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. How big is God? Today I'm going to help us to analyze our faith in God. I'm going to try to do it in the most practical way I know how. But each person, as you listen, you can determine, if you think with me and keep thinking, Keep your thoughts where I'm going. Follow me. You can begin to determine or actually fully determine how big God is in your life. We're going to use the example of Gideon, how Gideon was moved from a a man who was a coward, who didn't believe. Boy, he did believe to some degree, uh, but not to the extent that God wanted him to. God mercifully, gently, but, but very forcefully moved him into a position where he could do great exploits in the name of God. So hear the word of God, hear his word in your heart, and be built up into the most holy faith. There was a group of people called the Midianites who attacked Israel. They just descended on Israel, enslaved Israel, and brought Israel into subjection to their way of life. It was a devastating time. But you know, we all have Midianites trying to enslave us, bring us into a different way of life other than the Christ way of life. And God knows about the Midianites in your life. We all have Midianites attacking us. But the wonderful thing is, God is aware. He knows Now, your Midianites are problems, difficulties, fears. These Midianites attack you and try to bring you down uh, to a lower level, to their level, to the lowest level. But God knows when you are attacked by 
your Midianites, and he's going to lift you and encourage you through his word and through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit that brings Jesus to our hearts. So how big is God? <clears throat> well, that's impossible to know, isn't it? How big God is. Big enough to create the mighty universe, yet small enough to live in my heart. How big is God? That's not the good question. Here's the good question. How big is your God? Okay, we're going to look at this today. A small God. <clears throat> if I wake up in the morning and I go out to face the day and I have a diminutive God, a little God with me, I will live differently that day. I'll live with fear. I'll just wonder, you know, when I'm going to work, what's this day going to be like? You know, am I going to make it home okay in the evening? Are my children going to make it back all right? I'm just, just so concerned and, and so worried. Anxiety, I just feel unsafe. I just feel like everything depends upon me. I'm not talking to anybody here today, yeah? You just feel that everything depends upon you, and you're about to break under it. You're a Christian, but you've got a little tiny God. Your God, you're not letting him do what he's supposed to do, what he wants to do, to be as big as he wants to be in your life. You have a, a small God. Now, if I have a small God, I'm going to be reluctant to pray when difficulties come. I'm going to be reluctant to pray because I don't really think that prayer is going to matter that much. I really don't think that God is going to help me that much. I know God is in my life, but this particular situation, I think I've just got to weather it through. Your God is shrinking. If you feel insecure when you go out in the day, you feel that intimidated by people, that you are wondering if people are going to accept me, that you feel just inferior, you've got a little God. Still with me? Okay. Now, if you have a little God, you are more apt to say things and do things that you wouldn't otherwise say or do because you do not think that God sees into secret and he's not hearing what you're saying He's not seeing what you're doing. Your God is far off somewhere. And so I can, I can flip out, say a few things that I shouldn't say, be unchristian, think some bad thoughts. Uh, he, it really doesn't matter a whole lot because I don't think he really is looking at me that, and paying that much attention to me. You've got a very little God. So you may say things and do things that you wouldn't otherwise say or do. And you would more than likely pray without faith. You would worship without awe, you would serve in the church, but you wouldn't serve for, with joy. You'd try to get out of it as quickly as you can. There wouldn't be any joy in Christian service, not, not very much. And you would suffer believing that you're always going to suffer. You would suffer without hope. Now, let's look at this man, Gideon. He's one of the most spectacular men in the Bible. Gideon had fears. The Israelites were conquered by the Midianites. That, there are problems. When I speak about a Midianite to, this morning, you think that, that's a problem, that's a difficulty, that's a fear, that's something that's getting you down, that's something that is hurting you. You and I all, we all have Midianites. But these Midianites were literal Midianites. They were an army of them, a whole nation of people. They attacked Israel. 
The scripture says they, they descended on Israel like a swarm of flies. And the Israelites fled. They fled to the mountains and they hid in caves. They, they dug holes and got down under the earth. You, you, you run from your problem because your problem is, is chasing you. You're just being driven by it and you can't get away from it. Your, your problem is so big and you're just trying to cover up and, and hide somewhere. Your, your God isn't there to help you. You've got to do it all. Either you do it, make it work, or it just doesn't do and it doesn't work. Everything depends upon you. And the Israel felt that way. They felt, if we ever get out of this terrible mess we're in, we're going to have to do it ourselves. But we can't do it ourselves, so let's run and hide. So they hid in caves and they hid in holes. For a long, long time, the Israelites didn't pay any attention to God. They just did their own thing, went their own way, lived their own lifestyle, yet they were the chosen people. Oh, I, God, you chose me to bless me above all the people of the earth. Yeah, that, that's exactly how they handle life. I'll live my own way. I'll do my own thing. I'll come and go as I please. Uh, I know what the Bible says. I know what the Bible teaches. <clears throat> but uh, I'm just not going to pay any attention. And that's exactly what Israel did. For years they lived paying no attention at all to God. And now the Midianites came upon them and conquered them. And now they cry out, oh God, we're living in caves. We're living in holes. Our life is a mess. Get us out of this slavery that, that we are now living in. So this is what happened. God is so merciful. God came to them even when they ignored him. So they, some voices were coming up out of a hole in the ground where some Israelites were. Some voices were coming out of caves where some Israelites were. But God heard them. Even though they, they ignored him when they were prospering, but now they're not prospering. They're calling on God, but God is merciful. This is what God did. He chose a person. He chose a man. When God is going to do something big, he usually does it through a person. And he chose a man, and he chose the most unlikely man in all of Israel. <laughs> this, this man was a nobody. He was a, a no-thing he was nothing. And here comes the angel of the, the Lord. This is the pre-incarnate Jesus before he was called Jesus. Sits down under an oak tree and he looks over there and there's this man who dug a hole in the ground, Gideon, and he's thrashing wheat down there in that hole, hiding from the Midianites because if the Midianites saw him, they would go at least, they, the, the least thing they would do was to take the wheat and let him go ahead and starve. And he wouldn't thrash the wheat on top of the ground on the threshing floor because, again, the, the, they would see him. They would thresh wheat at a threshing floor on top of the ground so the wind would separate the chaff and the wheat. You don't do that underground. There's no wind there. But when you're afraid, you know, there's some people, they, they live all their life afraid. They're just living with fear, so insecure. And so the angel of the Lord speaks to him and says, Thou mighty man of valor, great warrior. Gideon is. You talking to me? <laughs> I'm scared to death. 
I'm a coward, and he was. He was the biggest coward in all Israel. Now, Gideon's self-image, that, that's the view that you have of yourself. He begins to point out all of the reasons why he can't do it. I don't have the strength, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I don't have the know-how, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. God is not saying what you don't have. God is saying, look at me, what I do have. And what I do have, I'm going to give to you. That's what I'm going to do. Now, how can I save Israel? How can I do this? How can I? Not I, but God. Look at it. He's looking at himself, seeing what he can do with this particular situation. Now, God didn't say this. God didn't say, it. let me write, write, tell you, this is not Scripture. I don't always read Scripture up here. Gideon, when God says, I'm the least, I can't do it, I don't have the power or the strength, my family is the weakest, God didn't say, oh, Gideon, you're wrong. You're stronger than you think you are. No, God didn't say that. God didn't say, you can do it. Well, a man with your charm and good looks, you can go out there and whip the world. No, God didn't say that at all. God said, I will be with you. I will be with you. I'm reading the scripture now. The other wasn't scripture. This is scripture. God said, I will be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites as one man. Wow, what a promise. Now, do you know what this man, Gideon, said in the light of all of that? He shouldn't have said anything, but amen. So be it. Can everybody say amen? Amen, amen to the will of God. Amen. amen. <clears throat> I will be with you. Well, you know, that's what makes the difference. In every problem in your life and my life, you and God always make the majority. Just the two of you. You're winners when you have God on your side, and God is indeed on your side. You see, what is unthinkable what is unstoppable, God can handle it. God can do it because God is God. Now, here was Gideon's first challenge. He had two of them. Here, were, here were the, was the lesser challenge. Gideon was told by God, first thing you need to do is to go strike down the altar of, to Baal. The Israelites are worshiping at the wrong altar. They're serving the wrong God. They're servants to the... We become servants to our problems. We, we serve the problem. We serve the difficulty. We serve the, the broken relationship. We handle it altogether differently. We act different. We talk different in, in those relationships. But so he said, go and tear down that God, that altar to Baal. Now, Baal worship was a terrible worship. It, it was uh, sexual immorality. <clears throat> it was Baby sacrificing, hundreds, thousands of babies were sacrificed to Baal on that altar. It was an altar of superstition. And so God said, the first thing you need to do, Gideon, you need to get to the altar yourself. Get out there and tear that altar down. Whatever that is that's governing your life, that's causing you to be the man you are, get rid of it. Confess it. Repent of it. Strike it from your life. Tear down that. Now, here's the kicker. Israel 
built that altar to Baal. The Midianites didn't do it. It is so alarming when Christians serving the Lord will allow things to become uh, into their lives almost imperceptibly, imperceptibly. And those things, those difficulties, those problems begin to take front and center. The problem controls them all day long. The, the difficulty has captured their thinking, and they can't think of anything else. And so now something has come around and come between you and God, and you have allowed that to happen. You've allowed it. You, you didn't nip it in the bud. You just allowed that problem to continue to grow, to continue to grow, that difficulty to continue to grow. Some people, even people who are in poverty, are so concerned about money that they don't have it, but money is the focus of their life, the focus of their attention. Whatever you dwell on the most, that has become your idol. So you've got to bring that thing down, confess it to the Lord, this relationship, this problem, this difficulty, this fear, whatever it is, you've got to bring it down. You, you, you have to bring it down. You can't wait. God says, go out there and tear the altar down. Now, the Midianites didn't build that altar. Israel, the chosen people of God through which the Messiah was to come, allowed that altar to be erected. So Gideon takes 10 men. Now, this is even worse. It was Gideon's own dad who built that altar to Baal. He wasn't a true Israelite. He was at one time. It was Gideon's own dad. Now, Gideon has to go against the family. I've heard people say, well, you know, my family can't go to that church because my family was raised in this church. I, I can't do that because that would, that would disturb my family. Your family now has become more important than God. Where is God in your life? Is he first? Is he center? Is my focus on the Lord? So Gideon had to go against his own father, his own family, and the men of the town that he lived in. So Gideon goes out at night. He didn't want anybody to see him. But do you know the next morning when he got up in the morning and his dad saw what his son had done, tore down the altar of Baal? Do you know what Mr. Gideon Sr. said? He said, well, if Baal is really the true God, he's big enough to take care of himself. Let's see what he's going to do. Now, that was the first test. Now, here, here comes the big one. Here comes the big one. Gideon, are you ready for this? <clears throat> the big test is deliver all of Israel now. Now that you've got the altar down, there's nothing between you and God. Your focus now can be upon God. This is the big test. And you know what, what Gideon said? He still had a, had a difficult time. Now, God's going to be patient with you. He's going to be gentle with you. He's going to grow you in, in a very nice way. But you're going to have to make some sacrifices along the way also. And so when, when God spoke to Gideon and God said, I will be with you, I will strike down the Midianites as one man. Gideon said, well, let me put out a fleece. I want a sign. Not your word. Your word's important. Of course it is. But your word isn't quite enough. I want a sign. So he, he takes a piece of hide of a lamb, and he puts it on the ground, and he said, now, God, let, let there only be 
be due on, on, this, on, the, on the fleece. When I get up in the morning, uh, the ground all around it, I want it to be dry, and I want only the fleece to be wet. He got up in the morning, he picked up the fleece, and he, he wringed it out, and the dew just dripped out of it. God said, I told you I was going to do it. Well, God, one more thing. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to put the fleece out. I'd have said, Gideon, get out of here. <laughs> Why did God mess with us like he does? But he will mess with us, won't he? Gideon said, I'm going to put the fleece down again. This time, I want there to be dew everywhere, but the fleece to be absolutely dry. So he gets up in the morning, and the fleece was dry. He tries to wring it. Nothing comes out. I mean, God takes us so gently. I don't know why he does, but he, he's, a, he's a daddy to us all, isn't he? He's, he's, a, he's a father to us. Now, <clears throat> there, wasn't, there wasn't one thing that Gideon was doing that was positive, uh, that had any faith in it whatsoever, uh, such, such ridiculous praying that he prayed, not trusting the word of God, but these little ridiculous Mickey Mouse signs. He's, he's putting God to the test. And why God went along with it, I don't know. But God did go along with it. So Gideon goes out and he recruits, listen to this, 32,000 men. He's got an army now, 32,000. He counts them, I got 32,000. But the word came back, they have 135,000. Wow. 32,000 going up against 135,000. Gideon's was outnumbered four to one. Bad odds. <laughs> Bad odds. What we might say is Gideon had number problems. He had number problems. So God spoke to Gideon and said, Gideon, I want you to t speak to all your men and tell them, those of you who are afraid, go home. Just go home. It'll be okay. I'm not, I won't get mad at you. Just tell them to go home. 22,000 went home. <laughs> he only had 32 to start with, but when he started out and he said, you four to one, well, you'd almost need an atomic bomb to, to beat that, those odds, four to one. And then when it's 13 to 1, you'd need a hydrogen bomb. And then when he got it all the way down, Gideon only had 300 men. They have 135,000. He didn't need a, an atomic bomb. He didn't need a hydrogen bomb. He needed God. God said, I want you to see what I can do, Gideon. I want you to see what I can do. I'm not going to share my glory with another. I'm going to be glorified in this. Still too many. 450 to 1. That's what it came down to. For every one Israelite soldier, the Midianites had 450 soldiers. 450 to 1. Impossible odds. Have you ever heard anybody say, it can't be done? God opens the Red Sea. He raises the dead. He moves mountains. But we have a problem. It can't be done. It can be done. 
is given over to God and it's in God's hands. We hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris. Thanks for listening to The Healing Word coming to you from the Largo Community Church, Mitchellville, Maryland. The Largo Community Church is a Bible-believing church. You're invited to come and worship with us. Each Sunday morning, we have two great, wonderful worship services, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock. I can assure you, you will hear the Word of God. We're located at 1701 Enterprise Road in Mitchellville, Maryland. That's also South Bowie. Check out our website. That's largocc.org. May the word of God you hear on this program bring healing and wholeness to your life, spiritual healing, emotional healing, physical healing. We appreciate your prayers and your financial gifts for the support of this ministry. Friend, Jesus loves you, and we love you too. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry? And consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow. You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com